Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Weekly Awakening Podcast. As I promised in January, I'm lining up more and more interviews, and I'm excited um, to be sharing some stories and stories of health, spirituality, wellness, lots of the mind, body, soul, and how we connect, can connect that to astrology. Now, just so you guys are reminded, not all of my interviews are astrology-based, but sometimes they are. I have with us today Dr. Varun Gandhi out in L.A. Say hello. Hello. Love and abundance, everyone. I love that. Love and abundance. Thank you so much for joining us in L.A. And is it any coincidence that I knew today that we were doing this interview. I didn't quite know where we were going, but I woke up this morning. We got the full moon in Virgo at the end of the week, and all of a sudden I've got on this crazy health kick. Honestly, since yesterday I was out uh, enjoying myself in Atlantic City this weekend, I said this is the last. And for the last 20, I would say the last 20 hours, I've been pretty much eating all green. All green, anything green, vegetables, smoothies, everything. I'm feeling good. And I know that is a, you're vegan. That's a big thing for you, right? Let's just jump into that topic. Oh, yeah, that is a huge, uh, a huge deal for me. Uh, but before, actually, before, oh, yeah. uh, Colleen, before I get into that, I want to do this really quick water ritual that I do at the beginning of every interview that I okay, do. Okay, I love it. He asked me if I had water, and I was like, no, but okay. I wasn't sure where it was going. I thought it might go. Let's do this. All right, so essentially what it is is I want, the reason I do this is because, like you said, you feel thirsty, but you didn't realize it, mm. right? The awareness wasn't there. Uh, so I feel like most people are in that boat, that we don't drink enough water on a day-to-day basis. And water, I mean, you know, our body is 75% water. And any, any medicine that we take, physical medicine, that only treats the 25%. That's the solid portion. It doesn't focus on the 75%. One thing that does is water. And water is supposed to, if you drink enough water, you won't have about 50 to 75% of common diseases that, that occur and real quick, what is on? What should we be drinking a day, every day, water-wise? I think every body is different. Every body has a different need. So you, it's based on how you feel and how you, you know, your your awareness of your body. So drink as much as you need, as much as you feel like. Okay, this is enough for me, because uh, then you drink more water, then you got to go pee more and all that stuff. So there's a whole whole balance cycle that you want to kind of have in mind. Uh, but here, cheers to water. Cheers That's to all water. Everyone, get your water. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love that. I want to do this reminder more and more. Remind people to drink water. That way, hey, we drank water right now. Maybe in 30 minutes, they'll drink another sip of water. And by the end of the episode, they'll have three sips of water that they wouldn't have normally had. So I feel like, yeah, that's that's where we're going to get started. Okay, and well, going back to the plant-based. Real quick, do you do any yeah. medi- like any of your own quick like affirmations, meditations before you drink your first cup of water or anything like, along that line? I have, I've done that in the past uh, where I do, I put like a note on my water bottle overnight with an affirmation on it and I stick it to my water bottle. I just let it sit overnight. So I've done that in the past. I love that. Uh, And uh, yeah. And sometimes I uh, hold my water bottle in my hand and, you know, chant something to it and let it capture the energy and then I drink it. Okay. And something I wanted before we get into your vegan, what uh, you said around 30% of diseases can be almost like not, but stopped with drinking water. What are some of those like diseases? Uh, okay. So the, the reason I, uh, I read this book that was written in the late eighties, early nineties. This is written by a doctor in Iran. 
And he, this was during the whole revolution that was going on. He was jailed, thrown in prison because of his practices. And while he was in prison, he saw a lot of people just laying around in pain. And he realized it was ulcers, all kinds of ulcers. And he was trying to figure out what the solution is. Being a doctor, he's like, I can help these people, but I don't know how. And then he started thinking about it and he just gave them water. Within three hours, he gave them enough, like sips of water, just keep drinking water over time. And within three to six hours, noticeable change, totally different. They were, at one moment, they were lying there almost dead. The next moment they're walking up and just like a completely new person, just based on water, just drinking enough water. That, that was it. He didn't do anything else. Wow. So ulcers are, I think, one of the common things, anything with acidity, uh, you know, um, acid reflux, things like that, drinking enough water will, uh, and having that over time will, will start uh, reversing that. Wow. Yeah, I agree. I think that drinking uh, lots of water is part of a, is the major, one of the major keys to a healthy lifestyle. So that's jumping. How have you been a vegan for? I touched in the, in the V, I think I was about 90% vegan a couple of years ago for about a year. I know. I would like to wow. do it again, though. It was pretty, almost about eight months to a year. How long have you been on the, in the vegan journey? I've been on this journey for about uh, five years now. Uh, and my inspiration was my wife. She's been doing this for about 10 years now. Wow. And when we first met, she was tempted by the pizza and the cookies that I was eating. And so <laughs> she kind of switched over to my side for a little bit, uh, mainly when her and I were hanging out. Uh, we were long distance for a while. So it was occasionally she'd eat, you know, non-vegan. Uh, but then once we moved in, got married, I'm like, you know what? It's time. Let's just switch. So my journey had been, look, I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to rush into it. What she did is she went cold turkey. She said, I'm going to go into the, my fridge, take everything out that has milk, dairy in it, and go to the store and buy everything new. That's what she did. Okay. Cold turkey. What I did is, all right, I'm going to get rid of, you know, I'm going to change my milk intake first. So I'll go from regular milk to soy milk or almond milk or oat milk. Now it's oat milk for me. Then I went to... Uh, uh, what do you call it? butter and all the other things. And the last what I left was yogurt because growing up, I'd have yogurt with every meal. Oh, like wow. in the Indian, uh, you know, culture, we had basically have yogurt, like probiotics with every meal. Uh, and so that was kind of like something hard for me yeah. to help digest. Uh, the once meal down. It, uh, yeah, it helps that it helps digest it, uh, you know, providing your uh, uh, gut with all the, the healthy bacteria on a regular basis. Um, so that, I used to do that on a regular basis. And then now when I found an alternative that was very similar to, you know, those memories that I have from the past, I've been able to switch over yogurt as well. Uh, so Kytale yogurt is the one that uh, did it for me. Uh, once I found that, I'm like, I can do everything else. Cheese and all that, did, I didn't really matter for me. Uh, so it was all easy. Yogurt was the hardest one. Uh, but it took me about six months to switch all of that over. And I was okay with that. What did you, I actually, I like that that technique that's probably more my style is substituting one and i'm thinking okay that's what i need to do to start to get back to that what did you notice in your body after six months of those changes oh there was um the biggest thing was a lot more energy when i had dairy i felt bloated i felt uh like weighted down you know like having a heavy carb meal so i felt kind of like that uh, but then once I switched over, I felt a lot more lighter. Uh, I felt that we don't need milk as much as the propaganda says that we do. Uh, and 
I'm, I don't know what I have a baby on the way now. So I'm going to, you know, Aww, congratulations. Put it in. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it's uh, she he's due in June and uh, we're going to test out. It's going to be a vegan baby. So okay. we'll see Are you going to, so you're going to start out with the, just a vegan lifestyle tradition. Like, okay, awesome. Yeah. 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 So we'll see how it turns out, you know, with the milk and well, I'll really, I'll let you know if he really needs milk if, yeah. or if a baby needs, really needs milk. Yeah, I mean, I have a few friends who have raised their children so far, you know, in that lifestyle, and I think they've been okay without it. Yeah. Perfect. I don't well, even that's... really remember what all the bait. Well, I mean, it wasn't the big thing they were always saying when I was growing up, when we were growing up. I don't know if we're around the same age. I'm 33. Um, same. Okay, so you need it for your bones. That was like the big yeah, thing, right? Calcium. To grow to calcium. Is there truth yeah. to that, or, or what other vegan substitutes for calcium do you use? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't look at all of that intake. I just make sure I have healthy greens, fruits. I have a good mix of whole grains, uh, lentils, pulses, everything in my diet. And so far, I haven't had any issues, knock on wood. Okay, that's good. And I think with most with most healthy food switches and changes, at first, it kind of sucks. You know, maybe not the way you did it, but if you're more like your wife, cold turkey, it sort of maybe sucks at first and your body doesn't feel right. But it really is kind of fast. After like almost two weeks or I don't know for you, did your body start to crave, not really crave the sugary, the carbs, the cheese and start to crave the health stuff? Uh, yeah, eventually it got to the point where I'm now I want the fruits and vegetables as opposed to a cookie. Ooh, yes, yes, that's all, oh, strive for that. I know. That's not always the case, though. There's sometimes <laughs> the cookie wins over, too. I'm just, you know, being honest, being real yeah. here. But uh, most of the times, I feel like I'm I'm gravitating towards the health foods. Good. It's like a 90, 90% to 10%, right? That's a good... And, you know, I look at it in the sense of, so there's something that I really crave. The way I do it is, all right, Every time I have that food, I'm going to be mindful of how I'm feeling at that moment. It feels really good. And that's why I like it. Then I'm going to be mindful of after the fact, after I eat it, an hour after it, two hours after it, three hours after it, six hours, and then the night, the night overnight, then the next morning. How do you feel through the whole process, the whole journey through the system? Mm. Do you want to feel like this again? It's, that's an important question because, you know, when I eat fried stuff, I don't want to feel like that. Mm -mm. After, I mean, at that moment, it feels good. But after the fact, you don't want to feel like that, right? If you really no. be honest with yourself. No, not at all. So, That's my weakness is fried foods. Yeah. And when I was honest with myself, like, hey, I don't want to feel like this. But I still would eat it because I was, you know, I felt like I needed it, right? But over time, I'd keep paying attention to this. Like, hey, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this. So slowly it starts switching in my mind. Like, okay, all right. So maybe now I'll eat it once a week, twice a week. Next month, I'll eat it once a month, twice a month. A few months later, I'll, you know, I won't even need it. And that's, that's the way I made my switches. Wow. And that's how it worked for me. I mean, yeah. I love that. That's, that's awareness eating, right? Just on my show, we talk a lot about awareness every week. I bring awareness to the planets and, and that is, that is how we make the change by gaining awareness just like that so for me this week as if i eat bad again i'm going to pay attention to how i feel and i love how you just reminded yourself like you don't have to feel like this anymore you don't need to feel like the same or it's gonna feel like this the next time don't do it and and work that out i love that that's really awareness eating yeah yeah just being conscious about what i'm putting in my body and i know okay this this meal i'm is a cheat meal in a sense i'm putting i mean i'm eating some fried food that i know i'm not gonna 
uh, enjoy later. But I'm being conscious about it. I'm, I'm doing that with the with the thing thought in mind that okay, and I know I'm not going to feel good, but I'm going to enjoy the moment right now. Yeah, that's good. What do you choose as your cheat meal? Is it often fried foods? It is fried foods. Yeah, I know. And, and you know, in our culture, in Indian foods, we have a lot of fried foods. Okay. Uh, you know, like samosas, uh, like uh, potatoes wrapped in fried dough and things Ooh. like that. Oh, Lord, that would not be good. But that sounds good. Oh, so good. That's awesome. Now, one of the things um, that I read about you is that you started an organization to um, feed the hungry. I guess a lot of things kicked off in when the pandemic had started. You were supplying people with their food and other daily needs. And now you have a goal by Thanksgiving of 2022 to feed over a a uh, hundred thousand meals, vegan meals, Thanksgiving meals. Uh, wow! Yeah, you know, so it started off um, this organization, Joy Sharing. They had some resources. They had the space. They had the, the funding. Uh, we got a. We received a call. A group of volunteers that hey, we want to do something. We have the space. We have the money. We want to do something good. Let's get a group of people together. This was March, April, twenty twenty. Right, you know, when wow. the pandemic everything shut down. And we realized, okay, what are the things that people need? So people are losing their jobs, low income workers. They weren't, they couldn't uh, go to work. They didn't have a source of income. And that, that meant they, they couldn't put food on their table. So in that case, we said, okay, let's put some grocery bags together with some rice and wheat and sugar and oil, some basic supplies so that they can take it home and make some meals. We did this for you know, the first few weeks and it worked out really well. Our idea was, hey, we'll do it once, one weekend. And that was it. That's how it yeah. started one weekend. Right. And then we saw the need. It was like people came and came. It was a drive through at that time. They would open their trunks. We just drop the bags in their trunk and they'd move on. And we saw the need and we we're like, oh, my gosh, we could do this. You know, just keep doing it. So we asked for volunteers. They showed up. We got the supplies. We got the resources. We got everything together and put it together. And at the end, it looked like uh almost eight months of providing grocery, just the supplies portion. Wow. Now, along with this, as we were going about a couple of weeks into it, we said, okay, what else could we do? And we thought, okay, maybe there are people that uh, didn't have a space, like a home to cook those uh, rice and stuff in. So why not we provide hot meals that they could just take and eat right there? Yeah. And so we started doing that about a couple of weeks into it. We started out with 100 meals, 200 meals, you know, finding a kitchen and going through the whole finding a process of finding a team and all that took a while. So we said, let's just find a couple of people right now that can make it out of their houses. And we got 100 meals, 200 meals that way. Uh, and then we saw a need for that as well. So we said, look, what, what can we do? How can we scale this up a little more? Then we found the, the kitchen, part of the facility that we were already doing the grocery portion in. There was a kitchen attached to it. So we said, let's utilize this kitchen. You know, it's like the universe sending all of these, the pieces yeah. are already there. And it was just showing itself showing sense, it revealing know. each new Reve each new layer exactly exactly uh and i realized through this whole process that organization work is literally the resources are there it takes a couple of handful of leaders to put all those resources together to make it work in the best way possible and so that's how it started eight months into it we stopped doing the grocery supplies but we still continue with the hot meals and now in 2022 to this day we have done 175,000 meals. Wow. Since May 2020. And this year, I had an idea of why not on Thanksgiving Day. So last Thanksgiving in Southern California, we did about 10,000 meals. 
uh, in two locations, actually about 7,500 meals in two locations. And uh, this was both in Southern California, about 100 miles apart. Uh, we had in one place cook about 4,000 meals, another place cook about 2,500 meals, the 5,000 and 2,500 meals. And, you know, we thought, look, there was a need for it. We asked for volunteers just for that day on Thanksgiving Day. We got a whole bunch of vegan volunteers. Like it was packed. We had at least 100, 120 volunteers. Wow. I mean, it was amazing the support from the community. So Aww. I felt so energized. I'm like, we could scale this up, find locations, maybe find uh, venues in other parts, other cities that are looking to replicate this. We have the whole process. We know how it works. We just have to give it to them and they could do it for themselves. So the idea was to find other cities, states that could participate in this and then add up to 100,000. Uh, so we're working on it. We'll see if, it, if we get there, but we're going to do it in Southern California for sure. Amazing. Wait, what is the organization called? Uh, we are essentially a group of volunteers that volunteer for the Joy of Sharing Foundation. Okay. And one of the projects that Joy of Sharing Foundation works on is this hot is meals. And, the hot meals yeah. that you guys and are And Joy of Sharing is mainly focused on Southern California. Uh, they have done other uh, festivals or events where they help little kids. They provide them school supplies. Uh, you know, I think they've donated like thousands, hundred thousand, or maybe ten, tens of thousands of school supplies and bags and things like that to little kids in the Southern California area. So they do, they've done that on an ongoing basis. And then during the pandemic, we started this, uh, you know, as a group of volunteers, we got about 50, 70 volunteers dedicated, come together and we put this avenue together as well. Wow, that is beautiful. It seems like you have just listening to you talk, mastered one of the, you know, spiritual principle principles of service and of giving to others and how that you know elevates your soul i know for me some of the times just like you said i felt the most alive is when i was in service for someone right and that's one of the quickest ways we can get out of our own self our own mind and not only my mother loves to say you know um pay it forward remember the pay it forward and and what that does but it just creates a circle of goodness and so when did you realize like not only does it feel good you know but that is the way we should you know if we are given blessings right we're given blessings we should be we should return the favor in service to others who are less fortunate in one way or another you know that's a good good question because realization happened a whole lot later than the actual oh interesting because you know, i've always been doing this i've always yeah. like, as, when i was in uh in as a third grader fourth grader fifth grader you know i remember i had these memories of me helping my teachers carry the books or you know like they'd have correction they collect all the books in the classroom and they have to take it to their uh, home or to their room so i'd help them transport it you know i've always been that kind of person who's service oriented yeah. helping other people uh, and my mom would tell me this too like some of the teachers would come and let me know later on that oh he did this for me he did that for me and my mom 20 years later would re remind me of all these stories uh, and so that realization happened a whole lot later. I, I would say in the last about five years of my life. But I think it was always there with me. It just, I didn't realize it. I wasn't aware of it. I think it too, giving is, is a way to happiness and, and selfless sacrifice is a way to happiness. And again, if you're just listening and you think I'm miserable, I can't get out of my miserable, why am I miserable? Well, stop thinking about why you're miserable and go help someone, right? Go get it. rewires you towards joy. Yes. And, you know, it's like, uh, you have a mindset of how can I, hey, sip of water. You have a mindset of yep. how can I give out more joy? And you know that's what basically service is, increasing the joy around you. And that means that you have to have joy within you yes. to be able to give it to others.
Yes. What um, what replenishes your joy source? I would say the picnic last night. That uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, hanging out with people, laughing. Uh, when I was in my going through my darkness, I one of the things that I relied on was uh, at that time it was Daily Show with John Stewart. So I'd watch <laughs> his comedy and his uh, you know the reality of his life and. Uh, that would bring me up. That was my comedy for the day. And I would start out my morning as a ritual to watch his, you know, show that uh, from the previous night. And that transformed my life because that just gave me that laughter. And this was right after I broke up with my girlfriend uh, 10 years later. It was like 2012. Okay. Uh, that, you know, that whole period of the darkness that everyone went through. Uh, so that was my moment of awakening. And about two, three months after that, is when I started doing this happiness ritual in the morning. I'd start looking out for sources of joy because I was really, really miserable at that point. And so I, I was really craving for this. I found it. Through. And you found through that. Yeah. Now, what what was your darkness? What year, when did you, when was your dark time? So this was from 2012 through 2014 is when I was going through most of it. I had uh, May 2012, I broke up with the, from that relationship that I thought she was the one. Uh, I'd seen my whole life with her and all of a sudden it wasn't there. Uh, I graduated with my PhD in August, 2012 and October, 2012, I moved to Boise, Idaho. This time I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I didn't even know Idaho existed until I went out there for an interview. <laughs> so, and this was October. I got the job. I moved there. Now I didn't know anyone there it's completely solo. And that was the perfect place for me to go through my darkness. Like that was my going into the cave moment. Uh, and to but initially and I was be resisting with just it. you. You had no distractions, no friends, just sit and be with you. Yeah, but I didn't do that. I distracted myself <laughs> because I I am also I I look to you know I crave for connections with people uh, and so I'm always looking for people to meet and friends and things like that. So in a new place couple months into it, I found a group of friends that became the, you know, the two years that I was there, all of us were together. We hung out essentially every weekend and every weekend I would drown myself in alcohol, mm. killing myself, you know, like drowning out the pain that I was going through. So this is all of the distraction part. Now, towards the end of my time in Idaho, about the last six months, uh, that's when I picked up this book called uh, The Book of Secrets by Deepak Chopra. Mm. And uh, that book was... 95%, I didn't understand it. It went over my head. But that 5% led me to meditation. And meditation was the thing that started transforming my life to where, where it's at right now. Wow. All right. So with meditation, as we all know, there's, it, everyone says, oh, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, which I'm sure everyone listening to my show that doesn't already do it say it's hard. How do we sit for five minutes and listen? How did you, did you jump right into like the full or did you ease into it? Same with your, you know, veganism. I eased into it. Um, and the way I did this was, you know, I said, so I'm, now this is, I moved back to Atlanta. Okay. I left my job. Uh, there's a whole story behind me leaving my job as well. Cause I felt like that wasn't my, the right career. I had this pain in my solar plexus. That was the sign. What that career was job, it? Uh, so after my PhD, I essentially went into a career in consulting for environmental engineering. Uh, that was my PhD as well. And uh, it was very related to what I got my PhD in. It was like essentially the next step. But there was something inside of me that said that I always had this question, like, why are you here? What is your purpose in this job? 
And eventually I got the answer that, you know, you're not really making much of a difference. You have a more significant uh, performance in this cosmic uh, game. And, uh, you know, your little contribution in this company is, is nothing. Like you could, do be, you could be doing a whole lot more. That was the whole feeling I got. And I would ask my friends, find ways to justify staying at this job. Eventually, kind of, I gave up. I'm like, this is not working for me. Uh, and it was time to move on. So I kind of left that, uh, everything in Idaho, moved back to Atlanta, became an entrepreneur, and uh, eventually kind of stepped into meditation at that point. So now my meditation journey began where I said, look, I'm going to, uh, after I read the book, as I went to Google, what is meditation, read about it. I'm kind of like a self-learner. I want to do things myself. So I said, all right, I'm going to start. Uh, at that time, I rented a room from at one of my friend's place. So everything I possessed was in that room. And what I said is, I don't want to get distracted by anything that I possess. So I'm going to face a corner in the room, like literally sit in the corner and face that corner so that everything is behind me. I don't see anything. Mm. Uh, that's how I removed all distractions. Now, the only distraction that was left was my phone. So I said, my phone, I'm going to put it on moon mode. Set a timer for five minutes. I just want to do five minutes right now, nothing else. Set a timer for five minutes. Now, this is very important, setting a timer, because when I sat initially, when I sat down for meditation, my mind was constantly thinking, has it been five minutes? Uh, and then I look at the phone. I'm like, oh, it's only been 30 seconds, right? So I set a five-minute timer. This way, I could set my phone aside. And in five minutes, it's going to let me know. So that question is not running in my mind. I don't get distracted by it. All right. So that's taken care of. Now, how do I start meditating? I initially, I would look at a point, a dot on the wall. I'd make a dot over there and kind of just focus on it. Or I'd close my eyes and imagine a candle being lit, a flame being lit inside and just focus on that flame. Focus on a dot inside in my imagination. So I kind of tried out multiple different things. I think that's very important because... Every person has their meditation form, their, their style of meditation that suits them best. I think we all have to find that or discover that, right? It's not just sitting on, that's one kind of meditation, but there are whole different other kinds of meditation that may uh, suit you better. Uh, and so I was kind of like going through the journey of discovering, okay, what is my kind of meditation? And honestly, I may not have found it because I'm constantly evolving my meditations using breath work and uh, chakras and mantras and mudras and you know including all of these different elements into my meditation now what's your meditation? sorry what is your meditate what is your process today what's your daily what's your go-to how long what do you normally incorporate what don't you first of all i just want to say those were amazing tips i know that i i needed to hear those and i'm going to take those on because not only with my clean eating i'm restarting my meditation so that's like okay i'm like where in my house where can i not i love all of those so thank you so what's your meditation journey right now meditation journey right now in the morning i do a ohm meditation i chant ohm and the For way how i long? do it is i do uh, i chant it 30 times okay um, but you could do it from anywhere between 21 and 30, at least 21, but anywhere between 21 and 30. And the way I do it is, so not just chanting OM as it is, but I kind of enunciate on the three different sounds that are part of OM. So when you open your mouth all the way wide and just start saying, ah, so that's the beginning of the OM, the ah, 
and then start closing your mouth slowly, 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 slowly. And then you'll eventually get to oh, so oh, and then a ooh. And then finally close your mouth all the way and you get to the mm. And that's how my meditation, that's how the chanting goes. Wow. Okay. So you do one full, like from wide mouth to closed mouth, one whole time, 30 times, 21 to 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. And so take a breath in. So breathe in and then start the ah. Wow. And as you're chanting it more and more, you'll start feeling it in your body. The ah sound is meant to feel in the bottom parts of your body, like your, uh, the, the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and then the ooh, the oh is supposed to be felt in the solar plexus, the heart, the middle of the body, and then the mm is for the third eye, the vocal third eye and uh, the crown. And you'll start feeling it. You'll start, your whole body will be vibrating, pulsating at that frequency. Wow. All right. I love that. So you start that out every morning. And that takes about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, solely just focus on that at that moment. No other distractions, no other thoughts uh, coming in the mind. Uh, and that's kind of gets me a great start to the day. Sometimes I incorporate breathing techniques into this as well. Uh, so towards the end, after I'm done with the 30 chants, uh, 21 to 30 chants, then I put in some uh, mudras, which are hands positions or uh, you know hand touching the different ways. Uh, and this will activate certain parts of your body that when you breathe in while you're holding certain hand positions, that will uh, activate certain parts of your body. So you're breathing into certain parts of your body based on what position you're holding. Uh, for example, a great foundational uh, foundational mudra, like a hand position, is when you're holding your ring finger, the tip of your ring finger with your thumb, the tip of your thumb, you're touching that together, lightly, gently touching that, holding it open palm up to the uh, air and on your lap when you're sitting down, you know, on a chair or a uh, lotus position, holding, putting it on your lap, closing your eyes and breathing into it deep all the way in uh, that goes all the way to the bottom to the base of your body and you'll start feeling this in your foundation in your soul in the root chakra and essentially you're putting the uh you're channeling the air to open up your root chakra and so now for each of the chakras there are different uh, hand mudras that you could have but there are unlimited number of hand mudras you could have uh, and it, it'll activate all the parts of your body Wow. Is there a good book on those that you can suggest? Anything comes to your mind besides, you know, or we can just search. I think the greatest book is on Google. Yeah. Okay. The greatest book is Google. Okay. I was going to say, or we could Google it. I'm trying to like, do you happen to know any other ones? Because that already felt good. I just did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't have anyone that I recommend uh, in terms of a teacher who teaches this as well. Uh, but I would say Google has a lot of articles, a lot of videos that will talk about different hand positions and different hand mudras that you could try. Okay. All right. Wow. I love that. Do you do a nightly one, a nightly meditation? The, my night meditation is, I, is a dark room meditation. So I turn off all the lights. Uh, my little space guy over there huh? is a uh, kind of a star. Uh, like a, It shows the universe on the, it shines it on my, uh, the ceiling. So I close my eyes or I keep it open at some time and staring at it. Uh, and I have some music, med meditation music playing on in the background. 
And that essentially kind of gets me into a space of clearing everything out. Because when I go into my sleep, I don't want to be taking all the dirt that I picked up during the day, all the mental dirt that stuck to me. I mean, you know, everything that you, you go through the day, you, all these things are getting stuck to you. You don't want to carry that into your sleep. So what I do is I imagine I'm floating in outer space. And that essentially is like releasing everything. You're just floating in dark space and everything that's attached to you is falling off and it's just dropping. And now you're going into sleep in a clean slate, right? And I do this every night, cleaning my slate. And then here I can do a manifestation exercise as well. So after I clean my slate, I could say, okay, this is my goal that I want to manifest for this month, this week, whatever it may be, my next goal. Uh, and I kind of visualize that at this point. So now before I go to sleep, I'm visualizing what I'm really looking forward to and then going to sleep into it. So that's kind of taking that memory, that uh, thing with me attached to myself into sleep. Oh, I love that, you know, because we, you know, we're in our most, if we're in our deepest subconscious programming when we sleep, right? And so if we go into it with the stresses, you know, the junk of the day, as you said, we're going to be processing that even deeper instead of clearing it and then going into our sleep with what we wish, what we desire, what we love, what brings us joy. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's the way it is. I mean, uh, you know, we can complain, we can talk about all the negativity in our lives, be on the phone, talking to our friends about it. But at the end of the day, we have to have an exercise where we're cleaning out all of this junk that we're taking into our nightly uh, sleep, uh, slumber. Yeah. Or we'll just keep attracting more. Oh, yeah, exactly. We'll keep attracting more. What we think about will come back into our lives tenfold greater in the future. Wow. How do you work on, was it just through your meditation practice that evolved? How do you work on letting go of any of the worries or fears that maybe come to your mind, right? Something that may be, oh, I have this fear. What if this happens or anxiety? Or is it just for you something that you, it gets much better with a daily meditation practice? Is it something you're still sort of turning over in the moment as it happens? Uh, it's uh, in the moment as it happens. And what I do is I try to look at the reality of the situation, right? As much as I can. All those what ifs are what ifs that we are programmed to look at the negative what ifs, but they could be also positive what ifs. Yeah. And guess what? They're all situations, scenarios that could happen. In every situation, there are unlimited, infinite number of ways to look at it, perspectives to something, right? It's like we're looking at this giant elephant and maybe we're just looking at the the bark or the the it's a leg and we're looking thinking about it as a tree but it's actually an elephant right so we're not looking at the full perspective and i feel like when we start looking at the full perspective all of these what ifs will start dropping and we'll actually look at the reality of the situation right and i like to call these uh these perspectives that we carry are the stories in our minds right these are stories that we are kind of repeating to ourselves we're, we are creating them and then we're repeating them to ourselves to make it more true for ourselves right and these stories, we have control over them. The way we look at certain, all the situations in our life, the way we look at people in our life, the way we look at places in our life, all of these are created by us. All these stories are ours and we have the power to change them. Wow, they are. And you, I read, went through a little bit of that, right? You woke up seeing that you're telling yourself the same story every day, searching for the next destination, the next accomplishment, and living through that. And what made you break through? When did you all of a sudden have that ha-ha moment? Like, oh, shit, our thoughts actually create a reality, not our reality creates our thoughts. 
Yeah, you know, that was, I think it's been a, a journey, like an on, uh, like a 10 year journey of this. Uh, I picked up this initially through a book called Story by Bob McKay, and it's a book on screenwriting. Oh. This book, so what he says is one of the main key principles is that story life is real life, meaning what you see on the screen has to be as real to your life as, you know, as close to reality as possible, right? And that means that what happens on the screen, we can, or the principles behind what happened on the screen, we can apply that to real life as well. So that was the first thing, first book that kind of got me into storytelling. And then I realized through this whole journey of about five, seven years later, that at every moment of my life, I am creating a story. And uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer has a great hand in this understanding, you know, changing your thoughts, changing your life. That's one of the books that he wrote. Uh, and, you know, that had to hand in, in this as well in creating this uh, kind of idea that, look, we control our perspectives, we control our stories. And I think rewiring ourselves to look at the joyful perspectives, to look at the joyful stories in our lives, as opposed to the miser the stories that bring us misery. And most of us are wired to repeat the stories that bring us misery as opposed to the stories that bring us joy. Yeah, we're from a young from a young age, whether it's their grandparents, parents, society, every everyone has. And I think a good too, I'm I I'm guessing that you practice a lot of gratitude. And I think for me, I know that's one way that I can kind of stay in that and being happy is if I every night I try to just say, okay, I'm grateful that I'm in a warm bed, I have food in the house and my bills are paid, right? That that is the basis. And I think, too, in a world where it's so distracting, we get so distracted that a million other things have to be right. But really, no, this is the one thing that we should every day practice gratitude. I know for me, that's how that helps me stay in a happy mindset for the most part. Yeah, gratitude has played a great role in my life. And it's actually something that I picked up later on in my life. Uh, I would, an interesting story here. So I'd, uh, you know, my, uh, my wife, once I married her about five years ago, I just observing her and I'd see that she would, uh, you know, thank people for driving. Like if, you know, uh, her mom would drive her somewhere, dad would drive her somewhere. If I was driving her somewhere, she always thanked me like, oh, thank you for driving. She thanked her mom for cooking food. Like, oh, thank you, mom, for making this dinner. Uh, and I was like, I, that literally taught me gratitude right there. Aww. I was like, thank you, thank, thank you so much. And then I realized that that's the form, that's her form of gratitude and how she's showing it. It's like, oh, wow. So I could start doing that as well. And then I incorporated that in my everyday is saying thank you as many times as I can. Saying thank you. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I love that. She see so your baby's due in uh May? No, June. June. Beginning yeah, of June? Mid-June. So right on the border could be a Gemini, could be uh a Cancer. Do you know any of your astrology? I do. I'm a Sagittarius with uh, a Gemini moon and a Gemini ascendant. I see the I see the Gemini. I see the Gemini one to another. I love that. Okay. So Sagittarius is the kind of the direct opposite of a Gemini. So it's like well balanced. So when I'm in alignment, I'm well balanced. But when I'm not in alignment, I am all kinds of messed up. All kinds of messed up. And both are mutable. So in one way, it's good that they're both mutable. But sometimes it's like, you know, always you, mutable. Always like else. too mutable, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that in my life because I I'm the kind of person that loves 
creating stuff, like working on new ideas, but I won't go all the way through. And I mean, I'll implement it. I'll like create it, put it all together. But then now it comes, now it comes the hard part of, okay, how do I get this out of the people? So I wouldn't go all the way through. And I'd start on so many different ideas. I'm like, oh, I want to do this. 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 Eventually I said, you know what? I have to cut this down. Yeah. I only have so much time. I only have so much energy to, uh, you know, invest in all these projects in my life that, look, I have to select what I want to work on, what's going to you know, bring in the income, what's going to uh, bring in the joy. All of that's aligned in, in one direction. And I had to make that conscious decision that this is it. I can't take anything outside of this. So where are you focusing on? Where are you focusing right now the most? Your energy, your, where are you focusing? All your resources. All my resources is going into uh, one, sharing stories to, uh, of people that are doing cool things in their life. Uh, so I'm right now creating, uh, I've created this uh, show called What's Your Story? And I'm looking at essentially South Asians who are not in that unique, not in that uh, trajectory of life. Like, hey, I have to get a, a degree, job, wives, kids, on and on and on. Right. So I want to peer, no, I want to interview people and capture stories of people are doing something different with their life. You know, maybe they have a message that they stand for. Maybe they have a unique career that they're you know, started something different. Uh, I want them to share their stories. Right. That's one of the things. Uh, and in a way, it's, you know, expanding people's consciousnesses as well, like getting people, my viewers, uh, audience who are watching them, maybe they're on the track to becoming an, an engineer. But I want to give them possibility like, hey, you could even do this or you could do that. There's so many other options. Because when I was going through it, I real I thought I only had this one option. I had to go through my education, high school, college, uh, advanced degree, find a job, get a well-paying job. Then find a wife who, because of your well-paying job, she'll be attracted to you. And then, you know, it's it was that trajectory. And I realized, like, no, there's so many other options. Once I became an entrepreneur and now a solopreneur, I realized, hey, the world is your playground. You could do whatever you want. And so now we've uh, created several different products and services. Uh, and these products are essentially all related to well-being. Uh, one is a physical cleanse, and this is a, actually all the products are right around me. Oh, cool. uh, so this is a physical cleanse, and uh, it's a, essentially an oil, a, a combination of five superfood oils that when you take it, it cleanses you from the intracellular level. And so it's going into your body. The oils are removing all this gunk, all this junk that's stuck in your colon, that's stuck in your intestines, that's stuck in your cells, and it's kind of flushing it out. Uh, so we started with a couple of products and eventually that was 2021. This year we added on more products to our arsenal. And so now we have kind of taken it a little bigger and added about 10 more products to our, uh, to our service, uh, to our offerings. And essentially these products, all of them are related to cleansing your body, to removing stuff from your body. If you look at it, a transformation as one is like a breakdown, you know, like you're demolishing something. And then the second step is building something new. So all the products thus far are demolishing, removing all the old stuff, removing all the old patterns, all the old memories. So along with the physical cleanses, now we have mental cleanses. So this sign right here, yes, you can. That's an affirmation, mentally programming. You have affirmations sitting in front of me right now that I could see while I'm working that are programming me. Uh, 
There's a, a book right here called Affirmation Bible that has 400 affirmations inside of it. Wow, I'm writing that one down. Essentially, essentially what that book is, it's, it's a game. We created a fun game out of it. We give you a 20-sided dice from Dungeons and Dragons. You roll it once, you get a chapter. There are 20 chapters, you get one chapter. You roll it again and you get one of the affirmations in that chapter. So now you have your affirmation for the day. And this is kind of like your message, something that you want to live throughout your day. Right? And you can roll this every day and there are 400 different affirmations. So it'll last you a whole year, this game. Uh, and then there's right behind the affirmation Bible, the green little book is our 30 day meal guide. And essentially this has breakfast, lunch and dinner. So 90 meals packed in this book. Uh, and it's all raw plant-based uh, vegan meals, uh, recipes. And essentially if you to pair that with uh, our oils and oh, and then we also have this tea, this pink bag right here is a, a, a tea that's a combination of nine different herbs that we combined it into the tea. And that's also another cleansing tea. So you combine all of this, all, all these four products that I've put out here, and then the seven products that were just recently created this last month. Uh, all of this is for removing stuff from your body, like flushing your system out at an intracellular level. Now, my next uh, project, my next goal is I'm going to incorporate Ayurveda into this and put in products that are building you up. So the first step is demolishing. So now once you're demolished, hey, let's add nutrition. Let's add some you know, great stuff to your body. And I'm going to put in uh, Ayurvedic uh, herbs into, the, into these uh, products and it's going to be magical. But I'm, that's what I'm working on right now. Wow, magical. I like, I'm really feeling this. I got goosebumps. This is going to be good for you. And I'm like, okay, I think I need all of that. Where? So you have that on a website? Yes, this is uh, on my website. Uh, it's uh, I'm sure it'll be in the show links, but it's uh, drvarungandhi.com. Okay. And you can also find me on Instagram at the same name, Dr. Varun Gandhi. Okay, wow. Do you? How often do you take um, the oil? Is that a pill I'm looking at or is it a bottle? It's like, it's something it's you It's a drink. bottle of oil and that's a 15 day, uh, it lasts for 15 days. And essentially you take, uh, you take a shot of the oil, a 30 ml shot, like a medicine cup. And then you take a sip of the tea. So the tea will last you 15 days as well. You can make a whole jug of it, drink about eight ounces every day. Uh, so take a shot of the oil, drink your tea, flush it down into water and add uh, fruit to it, an apple, a banana or something after that. And that's your whole, now we call this the miracle food morning ritual. So the product is called miracle food. And that morning ritual is the miracle food morning ritual. And then the tea is called miracle tea. Uh, so yeah, those are the products that we currently have. And in terms of services, we have essentially, you know, you could call it like life coaching services. Um, but more the things that I have, so I'm creating, I'm also working on a digital course called what's your story. And this is kind of the coaching service as well. Uh, it's essentially identifying the stories that have been taking up our lives thus far, right? So going into our past understanding what's going on, what has happened in our past, all of those experiences and how each of those experiences have affected us and who we are today and made us into who we are today. Let's understand that both the positive and the negative. You want to write out the joyful experiences so that you remind yourself of the joy in your life. You also want to write down the negative experiences so you can identify the pains, identify the suffering, identify the traumas in your life. And through this whole process called what's your story you're essentially creating a film for your life like your whole life film up until this point 
your past and then where you are right now, your present. And once you have your past and present kind of understood, but then not only that, you want to, you know, go through this process of understanding how those experiences affected you. So you, it's like self-introspection, right? At some point, but like 26 years of my life, I had never self-introspected. I'd never had that time because I was in that rat race, just running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. So I hadn't really taken time out for myself to sit down with myself and understand what's going on in my life. At about 28, 29, when I started meditating, now I finally had the space where I could just be myself, sit with myself and not get distracted by all the other things that are going on. Because all, of, like you said, all of those things are affecting you and making you into someone who you are not. So these stories, identifying these stories, your past, present, and now you can create a future story that you want to bring about in your life, but not from the place of your past, because now we have disconnected you from your past, right? These, uh, the whole introspection process, you're reframing your experiences of your past so that now you can have a positive future, a more empowering future. Wow. Wow. I mean, I can tell you on this show, I think you just helped a lot of us kickstart um, back into our health. You know, health is something that I know for you now you're on the trajectory and you've incorporated so much, but sometimes even myself, I struggle with why is it so easy to sometimes do the bad things and so hard to do the good things, right? Why is it, is it just the trained programming? Is it so hard for us to sometimes take the five minutes and stare in the corner of the wall and release the thoughts, you know? But meanwhile, we can go out and drink and party for hours and, and lay in bed and feel like crap, you know? Uh, it's the programming. It is. It's definitely the programming and it takes energy and time that you put into releasing that programming. We all have to do the work. And if we don't do it, it's not going to get done by itself. Uh, and, you know, and it's your life is just going to be a cycle, re repetitive, same thing over and over again. It may look different. You know, the relationship may look different. The person may be different, but the whole, the way you're entering that relationship will be the same. And that's what's going to doom it. Uh, and we have to put in that work. And so this, what's your story? is a way for people to kind of sit down with themselves, especially someone who's an engineer like me, who has that mindset of, hey, I'm going to think about it, write it down, you know, the kind of like a methodical step-by-step -step process. And that's a great, you know, if you're someone like that, what's your story is a great tool for you to understand your whole life. Yeah, and you are just such a physical reminder of staying healthy, keeping healthy, can change your entire mind, body, soul, and then allow you to want to stay in that healthy energy for the rest I of the I want to say this too, uh, that this is about five to seven years in the making. Wow. Right? It's, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a step-by-step -step process of eliminating the, th the feelings that I don't want to have and the feelings that I do want to have. Just last year, I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation openly with you. Oh, wow. But me doing the work, me getting on 20 interviews like this, and being comfortable now, now I'm at such ease that I could share anything with you and I'd be very comfortable doing that. But just last year, maybe even six months ago, I would put myself in the situation, but I'd be very uncomfortable through the whole process. You know, now I'm at ease. I can share with you whatever you want to ask. I'll be open to sharing. But back then I'd have to be very scripted. Okay. Because I wouldn't, I'd have this fear of, oh, what if I messed up? Okay. All right. Well, you're letting your Gemini uh, free. 
All right. Yes. That Gemini likes to talk freely. Just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I would have known. I felt like you did a thousand of these interviews. So, you know, put in the work and just 20 times and you improve each time with getting the awareness. So um, your show is on right now. The stories we tell. Yes. What's your story? Oh, what's your story? So, yep. What's your story? And that is across the board on everywhere you can find where you're listening to my podcast at. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, you know, honestly, I haven't put it up on the podcast format yet. This is like a live interviews that I do on YouTube and Facebook oh, cool. right now. Okay, cool. I'm starting to get into the podcast as well. Uh, so as I do more interviews, I'm going to be releasing it, uh, releasing the audio formats as well on Spotify and Apple and everything. I haven't just done that yet. Uh, but right now it's on YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel called What's Your Story? And you'll find past interviews. I've done about 20, 25 of those spaced out over time. Uh, and this is, again, something that's been a work in pro progress of me becoming comfortable and at ease on the camera. Uh, and so, again, the journey has been July, uh, like June tw uh, 2019. I started releasing some videos on YouTube and put out a whole bunch of videos just for that June, month of June. And then the whole year, I didn't do anything. Uh, June 2020, again, I said, you know what, I'm going to start some interviews. I'm going to do something. So I put something together. Again, actually a year so 2018 and 2019 and now june 2020 i said i'm going to do like a panel discussion and put some topics together and so i did that for half a year uh 2021 i again did some more interviews so i've been coming back to it but now what i'm doing is i have come back to it more sooner than usual right usually i start in june but now i'm here in february talking about, i'm doing it already uh, so it's like it's it's been a journey of me overcoming the fear of being in front of the camera, but I'm so much more comfortable Good. now, so much more at ease that I could feel like I could take this long term and keep it sustainable and do it on a regular basis. Good. Awesome. That is so good. Again, you you sound, act, look like a natural. So oh, thank you so much. You definitely have I appreciate it. it when you know, it's always important for someone to reflect that to you, reflect back to you. Oh, that, of course. You know, what they see. I, I really, truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I could tell you were speaking from your heart. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So you're doing you're doing good. And now you're kicking all of our butts to get us in shape. Uh, myself and my wonderful listeners, we're all I know on the same mindset of, OK, we are going to follow this and we are going to be with you seven years from now. I can promise you that. Now, tell everyone again uh, where they can find find you, contact you. Give us all your social deets again. Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me at Dr. Varun Gandhi. And my website is drvarungandhi.com. YouTube, what's your story? Search that or you can put in Dr. Varun Gandhi and you'll find me as well. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your soul with us. Oh, It's been a fantastic uh, opportunity. Thank you so much. Cheers. Drink more Cheers. water. That's my main message for today. Everyone, listen, get your water and drink it all today. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. It has been wonderful. I hope you have a wonderful week. Make sure you check me out on all social media, Cosmic Colleen 1C, across the board. Thank you, everyone, for subscribing, sending it to a friend. All those ways really support the show right now. Um, thank you. You all are beautiful, and I love you. And don't forget to drink your water.